The podcast for regular Joes, couch potatoes, and self-proclaimed sports analysts that live sports. This is Mama's Basement Sports Talk with Shannon Coward. Every Monday through Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. Hey, yo. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mama's Basement. You already know I'm your host, Shannon Coward. Today is a National College Football Signing Day, so you know we got to get into that. Let's go! So since it's National College Football Signing Day, we'll start there. This is the last day that all seniors playing football can commit to the college of their dreams they can decommit and they can change, but this will be the last day that they can sign that paperwork so we'll know which players are going to which team. So ESPN does a top 300 every year, and the number one pick went to Michigan in Jim Harbaugh. They got the big prize. They got the number one defensive tackle and the number one player in the country. He's from New Jersey. He's 6'4", 287 pounds. This is the first time that Michigan has received the number one pick of the top 300 ESPN players so that's a big deal for Michigan they were Michigan was ranked number six in recruiting classes until now number one is LSU number two is Florida State number three is Ole Miss number four is Ohio State number five is Alabama like I said number six is Michigan seven is Georgia eight is Clemson nine is Florida and ten is Texas 10, 11, and 12, 11 is Auburn, 12 is Stanford, and 13 is Notre Dame. We'll have to see what happens since Michigan got the number one overall recruit, but right now they're number six. They should move up a spot or two. They're looking like a stronger team. We really need to wait and see what Alabama does, who they grab, who Georgia grabs, and LSU. They all have three people waiting to commit today, so we'll wait later. Send me some comments. Let me know who you think should have been number one overall, if you even have a pick, and give me some feedback. So there will be more information and more about commits going forward, but the day's not over. They have all all the way until tonight, so we'll keep watching and see who commits where. So let's stick to football and move to the NFL. We have the Super Bowl coming up. Before we start talking about the Super Bowl, let's talk about Johnny Menzel. The Browns have finally said they're through with them. They're moving on. So the big question is coming up for next season is, where is Colin Kaepernick going? Where is Johnny Menzel going? Give me your feedback on, and let me know where you think these quarterbacks should go and who could use them. Brandon Marshall said that the Jets, he doesn't want Colin Kaepernick. They have Ryan Fitzgerald. I feel like a lot of teams feel like they don't want Colin Kaepernick, especially since Chip Kelly got hired, and we haven't heard more about their relationship. So tell me what you think about Colin Kaepernick. Let me think. Uh, let me know what you think about Johnny Menzel, his future moving forward, and does he have a spot in the NFL? Does he have a place where he can go? It's not like he was doing bad stuff on the field. He had a couple allegations. He didn't get arrested or charged. Now he knows how what it feels to be a black man, I feel like, because he's getting scrutinized. He's really not doing crazy things wrong. He's not beating women or killing anybody, but he's getting all all of the, the controversy the NFL can get him, all the criticism that the NFL can give him. So let me know what you think about Johnny Menzel and his career moving forward 
and Colin Kaepernick's career moving forward. A lot of people are saying Peyton Manning is done, but the L.A. Rams, they said they would want Peyton Manning for next year, and the Indianapolis Colts said they would want Peyton Manning to retire there. So let me know, what do you think? I thought he should have retired two years ago. He's still playing well. I have no idea where he should, what he should do. It's up to him. We'll we'll see how well his body's doing, how, how well it can last and hold up, and what him and his family believe is best for all of them moving forward. We don't want him to get uh, take a big hit and be paralyzed for the rest of his life or something like that. Let's remember, it is a neck injury, neck and shoulder injuries. So let me know what you think about Peyton Manning and his career moving forward. So as we move closer to the Super Bowl, I can't help but to talk about Cam Newton and the storyline going up to the Super Bowl. And the pundits and the reporters can't stop talking about the race card. The fact that, yes, he says he's a black man. Get over it. He is black. And we definitely know that if he was a white guy doing this, that these white people would not care. He's having all this criticism because he's a big black flamboyant player. He shows up to the games wearing... Versace, $5,000 Versace, $5, Versace pants, okay? That's the kind of dude he is. He likes to show off. He likes to dance and party and rub it in your face that he's winning and he's better than you. And that's okay because if you have a problem with it, then your team must stop him. He, he needs to be who he is. That's the best for the universe. He needs to be the player who he is. He needs to do what he wants to do. When they're losing, he's not on the sideline sulking. That was one criticism. People like to bring up all... This is how I know it's racism. Why would you bring it all the way back to freshman, sophomore year to have problems with camp? All because of what he did freshman, sophomore year. Get a life. This is the best... NFL player in the league. Now, people will say Aaron Rodgers, this is the best NFL player in the league, 50 touchdowns, and it's even. It's not just he's throwing 50 touchdowns. He's running 10 or 20. He's throwing 30 touchdowns. He can move. He can audible. He can get his all his players involved. Later, we're going to talk about ten, Ted Ginn Jr., Ted Ginn Jr., who nobody had confidence in him except for the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton. He's a big deal. He's a galvanizing factor. He's the ultimate team player. He can make somebody who comes from another team who had no confidence, bring them into a system where they have confidence and he's confident in them as well as they are confident in him. So this is a, this is a, a great player. It is a lot of race going on. If he was a white guy, we would not be talking about this. We would, like If Aaron Rodgers is dancing around doing the dab and stuff, we would not be talking about this because it is a black man. It is something new that we haven't seen. Yeah, people have problems with him. And don't even talk about... Oh, uh, yeah, his on-the-field actions. What, what's on-the-field actions? I haven't seen nothing. All, of, all I have seen him do is win and win. Last year, he took his team to the playoffs and won a playoff game. He's, he's doing more than Andrew Luck, but yet people still want to give everybody else the accolades and respect that they don't want to give him. So, yes, if you believe that it's not a race card, then, yeah, you might be blind or racist. That's, that's what it is. If you don't believe that it's a lot of race baiting going on, then you're crazy because when he goes to them press interviews, that's what they're talking about. They're not talking about um, the big stats he's put up or the big numbers he's put up. They're, they're talking about what it has to do with him being a black man being in the Super Bowl, even though we just had a black man in the Super Bowl two years straight. But he's different, so we all understand. He's different. Like, there's a difference between different kind of black people. My homeboy sent me a meme that had Alfonso Rivera, who is Carlton from Fresh Prince, and a picture of Will Smith 
and Fresh Prince, of course. And under over the Fresh Prince, under Will Smith's name, it said Cam Newton. And under Carlton Banks, it said Russell Wilson. Just to show that it's not just about being black, it's the personality that makes a difference. Because we weren't having this conversation last year and the year before. And Russell Wilson is a mobile quarterback who throws secondary. So it's a it's a whole race thing, it's a personality thing. These white people just don't like. I don't hear any black people complaining. It's mostly white people, older people that's complaining about the greatness of Cam Newton, and he's will be the face of the NFL for years to come. So before I get off football, I want to talk about Ted Ginn Jr. a little bit. He was drafted in 2007, ninth overall pick. He's from East Cleveland. He was moved from team to team. Nobody had confidence in him. He he finally got a three-year deal worth $9.7 million in Arizona. Got cut after one season. He grew up playing around the same time LeBron James in Akron, Ohio. And I wanted to bring him up because he's like one of them second-chance stories. This year he has 10 receiving touchdowns. That's more than all his previous years combined. He was known as one of the fastest busts in NFL history up until this year. He was, his dad was going through cancer that they didn't even know if he was even going to survive through. Most people thought he weren't, he wasn't going to survive. And this guy has a chance to now be the X Factor in the Unsung Heroes. So just to show you, don't give up your dreams. He's, he was drafted in 2007, and it took him up to now to be the best person he's going to be. He's still not great with catching the ball, but he's getting better. He's evolving, and that just shows when you have uh, organization or people around you with confidence, how it can change your whole life around. So getting closer to the uh, Super Bowl, I just want to throw a, a feel-good story in there. We talked about Demarius Thomas and his mom, the fact that her second game seeing her son play in any sport professionally might be the Super Bowl. So I like these stories. I love these stories, as a matter of fact. Leading up to the Super Bowl is something to talk about, something that can be positive. So give me your feedback. Let me know if you have any other stories you want to tell us, stories that we might not have heard. That would be great. I'd love to hear your feedback. So let's talk about some b-ball. It's some spicy, interesting topics we have to talk about, including as we get closer to the trading deadline, can Kevin Durant really go to the Golden State Warriors? Give me some feedback on what you think about Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors. Now, yes, it might be a little ugly, but if LeBron James can go to the Miami Heat with D-Wade and Chris Bosh and Ray Allen, then I see this as being no problem. That would just make all the other teams have to get better, and you would need at least two or three Hall of Famers like in the 90s to win a championship or at least compete. Yo. One of my biggest pet peeves with the NBA this year is that the competition is not up to par like it used to be in the 80s and the 90s. Even in the early 2000s, there used to be teams where at least one or two Hall of Famers on each team would made every night a hassle and it was hard to go in and get a win. That's why the Bulls 72 and 10 is such a big deal. But nowadays, there is no two Hall of Famers on every team. Most teams don't even have one Hall of Famer. So the competition is lower. The 
to me makes it a lot easier to go in and get a victory. So when you're telling me that like Kevin Durant wants to go to Golden State, I'm okay with that. I see a team with possibly one or two Hall of Famers, but now they will have three Hall of Famers. I can deal with that. Back in the day, Lakers had four Hall of Famers. Celtics had four Hall of Famers. Bulls had three Hall of Famers. Detroit Pistons had to. Everybody had Hall of Famers, and now nobody has Hall of Famers. So I can see Durant going there. But my question is, can it work? Can it get the numbers to work money-wise? Can it get the players to work together like they're supposed to? That's a big deal, too, because you need camaraderie. So give me some feedback on what you think Kevin Durant should do. He has some other opportunities, some other options. He has New York, Los Angeles Clippers. He could wait for Russell Westbrook to be done with his contract, and they both could go to the L.A. Lakers, San Antonio, and he could stay in OKC. That's a viable option. I think for Kevin Durant, the most important part right now is winning, not rebuilding, not getting pieces together to possibly win a championship down the years. He's been in the league over 10 years. The time is to win now. So whatever team he goes to, they have to be in title contention now, not later. So tell me what you think about Kevin Durant going to Golden State Warriors. It would be a little ugly for one year at least, but tell me what you think about Golden State and Kevin Durant or possible locations for him. And if you saw last night's Laker game, then you know that Kobe went off with with 38 points, he shot 7-11 from the threes. He ain't shot like that since 2008. He's the oldest player to get 35, 5 assists, and 5 rebounds since Carl Malone in 2003. And the oldest player to hit 7 threes since Reggie Miller in 2004. He put on a show. Did Kobe retire too soon? Did he not delay gratification? I'm not sure. I'm looking at it now. When Michael Jordan left, even in his prime, when Michael Jordan left for a year, it took him a year to get his legs back under him and get the speed of the game. Now, Kobe said that earlier, not thinking that he could catch up to today's game. But as we see him right now, his legs are getting back under him. He's starting to get the speed back. He's getting conditioned for the NBA game. Did he say he wanted to retire too soon? But the deeper question is, If he keeps playing like he is, if he keeps playing efficiently, should he reconsider and play a couple more years, possibly go to a different team, or possibly take a pay cut and play with a Kevin Durant and a a Russell Westbrook? Tell me what you think about that. Give me your feedback. You know I'm interested here on this topic. But let's move on. The NBA trading deadline is coming up. It's about two weeks away, February 18th. No new, real big news. We'll see what the Clippers do with Blake Griffin. It seems like the organization is going to wait and probe the NBA to see who wants Blake Griffin and how much they're willing to give for Blake Griffin. I would think if I was L.A., I want substantial assets for a player like Blake Griffin, maybe a couple players, a couple quintessential players. Let me know what you think about Blake Griffin. I don't think he gets along well with with Chris Paul. I don't think they're going to be a great match together. So I'm really interested in see what happens with Blake Griffin moving forward. And it looks like Atlanta is really trying to make a push to be a better team. You, If you didn't know, Grant Hill has a group of owners who bought the Atlanta Hawks from their previous owner through all the racial appetites he put through the media. So Grant Hill and his group of 
owners had a chance to buy them a piece of Atlanta Hawks, and that's what they did. Now it seems like not only Jeff Teague is on the shopping block, which Jeff Teague averaging 14.9 points a game, two rebounds a game, and five assists, and Al Horford is averaging 15 points a game, seven rebounds, and 1.5 blocks a game. Really, it seems like they're trying to either package them and try to get really good pieces or let go of Jeff Teague. I think Jeff Teague already let go of his condo. My source, Chris Goddard, let me know that Jeff Teague already feels like he's going to be leaving, so they really need to try to get something for him. If not this year, then when he's a free agent, he's going to bounce in there. They're not going to get anything for him, so they're looking to put him on a block and possibly package him with uh, Al Horford. So it looks like Atlanta is serious about enhancing their roster, getting more depth, being a better team, and actually trying to compete for a world championship, which is really great. But we'll see the main goal of Atlanta, most people feel like, is getting that marquee player, that big superstar athlete. So we'll see what they're able to do as the trade deadline comes closer and big free agents come off next year. So this is another short podcast. I'm really looking to get more information, more segments, and more fun included in what I do every day. So give me some feedback on what you think I should implement into the new podcast. This first couple of weeks were a trial run, um, a pilot, if you want to say. So I'm looking to improve my podcast, uh, get better at the podcast. I know I'm still saying I'm a lot, but I'm getting better i'm improving so let me know if i can do anything else to help improve i'm looking to add more segments more interviews more research more numbers more of everything and so i can get back to that hour-long show so if you have any information or anything you want to add or add to the podcast if you want to join and work on the podcast that'd be great let me know I appreciate you guys listening in, whoever listens. If you only listen to one part, I don't care. As long as you tune in and show me some love, I truly appreciate it. I'm still waiting for more and more comments. Thank you again. I hope today is a great sports day for you with some great games coming on tonight. And we're moving closer to, closer to a great Super Bowl Sunday. So have a fun time this week. We'll get back together on Friday. And so have fun watching sports. Even in Mama's basement. Thank you. Still biggest vicious partner. That's my business partner. On point like Tony Parker, but a shade dog.